The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Fucking made it. We fucking did it, boys. Hello. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United Champions League podcast. <laughs> my name is Will, and as usual, I'm joined by both my co-hosts for once, Hodgy and Gray. Yari, lads. Hello. Very sir. good. Very good indeed. Well, fucking hell. We want to get into this straight away, but I better do the pleasantries like. Hodge, how was your day? It was champion. Hey, good. good. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah. oh, didn't even notice that one. Gray, any shit puns from you? How was your day? Luckily, I didn't have too sore ahead this morning. Unlike the rest of Newcastle. The amount of sick days in Newcastle would have been mad today, <laughs> I think. Like, It'd be like someone calling their manager, but their manager's also calling their manager to have a sick day. Just <laughs> a, a toxic circle. They've been talking about going to the match all week and then they missed <laughs> miraculously on the Tuesday. Go, oh, I'm really ill. Sorry, I can't come in today. <laughs> Get the missus to phone in for them. <laughs> uh, right, yes, we're lots to talk about in this episode. But before we get into it, icebreaker questions. Diddle Gray, my mum's also fed back. Thanks for all your feedback, mum. <laughs> but I go to Hodgy <laughs> most times first. I'll go to you first. It's a Champions League related question. If you could go to any stadium in Europe next year, which stadium would it be? I know which one yours should be. Okay, how about you answer your own question first, you fucker? Is <laughs> it plain orange? <laughs> Just because it's pretty iconic. Yeah, it's got to be the new camp or the camp new. New camp, great shout. Yeah, like that. Monsieur Hoshon. I would like to go to the Signal Iduna Park, which is Dortmund. Dortmund's stadium, because with our flag display, that would probably do away from home and their usual big the yellow wall. The yellow wall. Mm. I think that would be a pretty special occasion to be part of, especially if it was our first game back in the Champions League. If to have that would be amazing. Mm. I think based on the celebrations of them winning the league, winning Serie A, I'd quite like to go to Napoli, give that a shout, like a proper football mad city. Love to see the atmosphere in their stadium, but also I think there's a small chance that you might die. Yeah, (laughs) the danger. You just punch them on a runaway again, wouldn't you? (laughs) It would indeed. (laughs) Right, well anyway, let's get into the football. Lots to talk about. Hopefully not too much about the most recent match. So we're recording on Tuesday, the 23rd of May, the day after we've played Leicester at home in our penultimate game of this fantastic season that we've had. Can't say the game was fantastic. We ended up drawing 0-0. 
despite having a phenomenal number of shots and a lion's share of possession, we were held to a nil-nil draw by Leicester, who nearly snuck it at the end, but we'll get into that. Hodge, your three words to sum up that match, please. Point equal prizes. Just needed the one, didn't we? He's like teacher's pet hodge, isn't he? He always does his homework. I like it. He's always prepared. Speaking of prepared, Gray, what are your three words to sum up that match? <laughs> uh, good question. Still thinking of them. That's two of his words, so he's only got one left. <laughs> <laughs> Newcastle. <laughs> Anything's going to be better than the one that I did the other day, straight off the cuff when I completely forgot. Like, ah, yeah. Pamford is... What was it? Bamford is Pumford? shit. Or <laughs> Bamford is shit, yeah. <laughs> Tears, I think pop. my word was. <laughs> Go on, Gray. Put us out of misery. We'll have to edit out all the, the dead air. That's what you lot at home don't realise. There's always about 30 <laughs> seconds of dead air that our poor editor Peter or myself has to edit out so we can just get it to below about an hour-long recording here. Go on, Gray. <laughs> I, I'm struggling because it was a terrible match. Cool. Okay, I'll go on with mine then. <laughs> Might have to skip Gray this week. I can't say I'm prepared for mine, but I am going to say... Good luck, Peter. Yeah, fuck me. Shit fucking match. <laughs> it's a shit fucking match. And also, That's not good for your mum listening. No, I'm going to get a talent off for that now. <laughs> and it's my birthday coming up as well. I'm in trouble. Right, well, let's rip the plaster off, shall we? Let's talk about that fucking Leicester game. The stats tell a very different story. I think it's safe to say, Hodge. Quite a disappointing display in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, if you look at the the kind of match stats, I suppose, 78% possession with 23 shots, only four on target, only because we hit the post three times, which didn't make it seven. It was quite relentless. They obviously came with a game plan, which was to sit back and try and get some sort of counter-attack going, but they never really managed to manifest anything until really late on. We had chances galore, trying to force it a little bit, but it's hard when they're basically playing against 11 men in their own half. Very tricky, but... Like I say, it's only a point that we needed. It's the point that we got. And in terms of the whole season of how it's gone, I'm sure we can be happy with the whole thing, never mind just looking at one game and scrutinising it too much. Well, exactly. And you hit the nail on the head. Although I said it was a shit fucking match, I am absolutely ecstatic because it's the point we needed because it's the point that gets us to the highest level of European football. And it's unbelievable. I mean, a point we needed, Gray, a few more positives. Well, actually, even before the game started, we had a mixed bag of emotions. We originally thought we were going to be lining up with our original trio of central midfielders and Bruno, Joe Linton and, and Sean Longstaff. It was a very different case in the end, wasn't it? Joe Linton injuring himself in the warm-up. So about the positives, good to see Sean Longstaff back? Yeah, massively. I've never heard his name cheered so loudly before in the stadium. Yeah, I think just everyone appreciates what he's done this season and it was great to see him back and also just hitting the ground running, especially when we thought we were going to be desperately short of midfielders. Yeah, it was bleak going into the match. Uh, what I thought was funny was, although Joe Linton dropped out and Longstaff came back in, we spent all this time thinking we've been really poor in the middle of the park because we've been missing short Longstaff. Joe Linton being out just gave everyone an excuse to say, oh, well, you can really tell we're missing Joe Linton, like, <laughs> as, soon as, you know, as soon as we're not firing 17 goals past the teams. But I actually think Elliot Anderson did quite a good job yesterday. I thought he was a, quite a steady Eddie, get himself in good positions, had a few shots on goal. Looked like he kind of slipped into the role quite naturally. Gray, I'll come back to you as well, uh, as our resident in-house central midfield expert. I thought Elliot Anderson did quite well, quite positive, especially for looking forward to the future. Great to see. And 
obviously next to no notice as well. He's gone from probably expected to be sat down for the best part of eight minutes and uh, as he gets that last minute call up. But Hodge was sat next to me yesterday, which is a, a rare occurrence. I kept saying to him, like, his link up play with Isaac was almost seamless. It was mm. uh, as if he'd been playing for, with him for years. It was almost like watching Joe Linton and Willock have that kind of natural understanding and it just flows so well. Like, he seems to link up with Isaac really, really well. It's quite exciting. He managed to create quite a few chances, like you say. Fortunately, yeah, none resulted in any goals or apparently any shots on target either. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, great opportunity for him to get 90 minutes of football under his belt uh, going into next year where he is going to be needed, I think. Mm. Obviously, I'm down here in London town, but looking at the flag displays, Hodge, you've touched on them previously, even through the screen, were an absolute sight to behold and probably the best displays I've seen in a football game ever. How was it being there live in the flesh watching the displays go up? Absolutely fantastic. That was next level. That They obviously told people to come into the stadium quite early on because they were doing extra special kind of like announcement bits at the start. And then when the when the music started playing, it, it just started getting rowdy. It was great. Everyone was waving the flags, holding up the, the bits that they needed to do for the old shield uh, or the two old kind of badges that we've had in the past. Yeah. And then obviously that massive banner that came up in the middle was crazy. Like seeing that was just like, wow, that is mad. When the, I said to Graham before the game, I was like, we've got a big thing coming up here. And there was a, a Liverpool fan who said, oh, there was a giant banner for Firmino in the crowd at Liverpool for his last home game. It's not even as big as our Joe Linton one that we have, (laughs) that we just hold up normally at every single game. People have been commenting, being like, giant flag question mark, and then showing this one. And it's it's fantastic because no one's doing what we're doing at the minute in the Premier League. And I'm just fucking loving it. And there's definitely more to come. The plans for like the fundraising for next year are just getting ramped up, I think, with war flags, what they put on kind of Mm. like their Twitter and stuff. I, I can't wait to see more because it fills you with even more pride than just the pride on the pitch that you're seeing, like all the results that we get. And it's, mm. it's, it's magic, absolutely magic. Yeah, I think when we do TOTT end of season awards in the unsung hero category, I think war flags absolutely need to feature in that category. They have been phenomenal this year, but also not too braggadocious. They just get on with their job. They make these fantastic displays. They're so highly respected by everyone in the NUFC community. They've got a great relationship with the club. They've been with us through thick and thin, a real, real uh, jewel in the crown for Newcastle United Football Club. So well done to War Flags for their contribution this year. It's really taken us, I think, to that next level. I was saying to the guys in the pub as all the players are walking out, can you imagine walking out a tunnel and seeing your face on one of those (laughs) flags? Imagine how surreal an experience that would be. How Tyndall wasn't on there, by the way. <laughs> Mad Dog should have been front and centre in, in the, in the colour. I was going to say, cross out how. <laughs> he was just in the background, just in a black and white. He should have been front and centre. <laughs> just with a sort of really deathly stare. <laughs> just lying flat across everyone. Yeah. yeah, they interviewed him after the game yesterday. He's, he's just like, sounds like he's totally just taking it in his own stride, like, and just absolutely loving it. And I think he gets a bit of jip off the players as well, which is exactly how you want to use that kind of negative energy, or at least it's intended negatively by outside fans. Gray, very much us. We had 78% possession in that game, 23 shots in total. We absolutely dominated. It looked like a training session at times, but Leicester nearly pinched it at the end, didn't they? And if it wasn't for the ever-reliable Nick Pope, it could have been a very different story. 
uh, yeah, Hodge kept turning to me and saying, uh, they're going to sneak this, aren't they? It's about when it got to 70 minutes, you just kind of got that feeling that it, nothing was going to go our way. Nick Pope just popped up again with just a piece of brilliance and some of the saves he's made this season where he's had very, very quiet games and he just gets called upon are as big as goals. And yeah, he certainly pulled it out of the bag for us, didn't he? It was a hell of a save from not very far out. I can't remember who it was who headed it. Was it that, not that Castagna lad? Yeah, it was Castagna, yeah. Yeah, Pope's just... Speed it comes at him. Unreal. It's just instinct, isn't it? Just pure instinct to stick a hand out there. And it was, yeah, hell of a save and secured us that point, which we desperately wanted. Just wow. <laughs> His interview was quite good on the pitch afterwards because they were saying, like, obviously he had not much to do and he was like, yeah, that was the first thing I had to do in the <laughs> second half apart from kicking a couple of goal kicks. And they were just like, how how do you keep like that? And mentally is that like, I just had to keep focused and just keep not believing that they're going to have a go, but just be aware. Mm. Even if it's going so well in your favour, it's a game of football at the end of the day and it can really get turned around in, in seconds. It, it does only take seconds to score a goal, especially if it's going to be a long ball up. For him to have that mental capacity to, to really keep on the ball for long stretches of time. He was doing a Slavic squat on the edge of his area for <laughs> literally five minutes and I was like, man, he's got, he's got quads of steel if you can hold that pose for a while. But yeah, fantastic stuff for him, wasn't it? It's brilliant. I mean, Leicester really didn't feel like they were in a relegation battle and they were going for it. It felt like they were there for a point. And at some points it was like, fucking hell, we all just agreed that we're going to play for a point here because a point's better than nothing for, for both teams. But I mean, they went for it a little bit at the end. They brought Newcastle player on loan at Leicester, James Madison, <laughs> onto the pitch with, I think, about 20 minutes ago, and Harvey Barnes as well, who kind of made it a little more dangerous for us. And it was, I think, the 10 minutes after that that they were on top of us for a little bit and led to that goal. And I think it's James Madison's forward balls and interplay that, that got them that situation. But lo and behold, it wasn't to be for them. And I feel like they are destined for relegation. Can't really see themselves plucking themselves out of this predicament. But anyway, who really cares about that? Uh, we talk about Newcastle United on this podcast, and we shall continue to do so. Not sure there's really much more to talk about in the game. I don't really want to give any airtime because Andy Hinchcliffe, the twat he is on Sky Sports, couldn't stop going on about the fact he thought Bruno should have been sent off. Um, but obviously, as a heavily biased Newcastle United fan, I didn't feel like that was a red card challenge. Gray probably does. Thoughts on that challenge from Bruno, the one he got a yellow card for? Yeah, when I saw the replay at halftime, I was like, maybe we have got away with one there. But I mean, the referee's seen it straight away and he's booked him instantly, which is probably deserved. But I mean, you have seen players sent off for probably a little bit less. And he was sent off for a very similar foul against, was it Southampton in the semi-final of the League Cup? Yeah. Which was referred to VAR. Hodge turned to me again and was like, we're waiting for the VAR call here because you could tell it looked quite nasty from the stadium. But fortunately, it went in our favour, didn't it? And I thought he had a great game after that. He was constantly demanding the ball and just trying to make something happen. We needed him, in particular yesterday, to dry step up and he, he tried his best while he was on the pitch. I think he was as frustrated as anyone at the end, but we'd all settled for a draw. I think Trippy ended up telling him off at one point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you just see just desperate to win. And that competitiveness does come out in some rush tackles sometimes. Yeah. As we talked about as well, we hit the post a fair few times. We had our chances. I think Bruno really should be doing better from that corner ball where he just pretty much heads it straight onto the post from about a foot away. We had Callum Wilson hitting the post 
from that left-hand side in the first half, and I can't remember, the third time we hit the... It was, oh, Miggy Almiron when he's charging into the box and he fires it into the ground, it comes off the post. So well, our chances didn't take them. I can't really think of much else to talk about. It was just a, a stereotypical ball draw, wasn't it, in the end? A clearance off the line as well from Wilson's header. Oh, yeah, he had two bites of the cherry, didn't he? Oh, man. Don't know yeah. how that didn't go in. He had his chances there, but... Alas, wasn't meant to be. What was meant to be was Champions League football, as we say, and we've done it. A 20-year wait Newcastle United have had. That's unreal to think that the last time we were in the Champions League was 2003. Is it that unreal, actually? Probably not. We know what we've been through, but we've finally made it back. Culmination of a fantastic season. It's an absolute hallmark of what Eddie Howe has done for this club and would be remiss not talking about Eddie Howe for at least a short section of this podcast. 18 months ago when he took over, I think we were 19th in the Premier League and now we're on track to finish at least in fourth place. What a fantastic turnaround, Hodge. Unbelievable, isn't it? If he doesn't win manager of the season this year, like that's an absolute farce because... Not even just for this season, but the consistency of what were like the results we were gaining like last season. I know Gray will mention it that he's called it that we were in a top four position from January, and he called saying that why can't we finish in the top four again this season? And it's just the tenacity of just who how is he's always first one in the training facilities in the morning. He doesn't really take a break from football. He reviews footages. He looks at other ways of coaching techniques. It's it's what he's done since he was basically out of work. He basically went around Europe, studied the game at other clubs and, and soaked it in. And he's managed to come up with some sort of recipe that most times out and on is working, which for a team that still has so many players that played under Bruce, how much of a turnaround that is, is yeah, I don't even think you can really comprehend in what's happened before. This is something new completely. In our lifetime in football, for for sure, anyway. So big props to Eddie and his backroom staff and and the team for allowing it. One of my favourite quotes or comments on Eddie Howe this week has come from probably his biggest competitor for manager of the month in Pep Guardiola. And I think he was commenting on how he's just an absolute genius for getting into the training ground at 6am every day. And Pep just turned around to the people who were interviewing and just said, 6am, I'm in bed. <laughs> uh, I like my sleep too much. And I think it just shows how hard the bloke works. And like Hodge said, he spent a lot of time in Europe. And I think he spent a lot of time at Atletico Madrid studying Simeone. And I think that's where he managed to tap Kieran Trippier up as well. So uh, it was on the banner last night, hard work pays off. And I think for Eddie in particular, I don't think there's many managers, if any, in the game at the minute who are working as hard as he is. And it's just translating into awesome results for us. Agreed. And Hodge talked about it there as well. I think the only thing getting in the way of Eddie Howe winning manager of the season is probably Guardiola. Hodge mentioned before winning the treble if he does win the Champions League. I think it could be a close run thing if he does that. Not to turn our noses up at a double like, but there we go. But yes, um, Eddie Howe has completely transformed this club, but we also have to talk about the ownership team. Murdad, Amanda Staveley, Jamie Rubin, Yasser al Ramayan, Darren Eels, who obviously came in partway through the season, Dan Ashworth. What a fantastic team we've assembled, not to mention all the coaching staff, all the playing staff, the women's team, as I've talked about, war flags, all the supporters groups. It's been the best season in my memory as an adult. I've loved every single moment of it as we've gone along. There's been some fantastic results, some fantastic games. There's been some pits, but the way we've recovered from those pits, 
and turn them into peaks has been fantastic. You almost do want this season to end, but then again, you do because next season we'll be in Champions League football. <laughs> uh, Hodge, do you have something to say? Moving forward, I hope the fans still realise how far we've come and don't be too expectant for us next year to really hit the ground running. Like we've said so many times, we are probably still ahead of schedule where we need to be and mm. finishing this high is is fantastic, but you've got to look at maybe his teams around us and yes, it's been a super competitive Premier League and we've come out on top, but there's probably some teams that probably won't perform badly again, especially if they can bolster again in the summer with some extra money. So as long as the fans know that and they respect that and they know that, yes, the team's still going to try hard because we've always said we just want a team that tries hard and if we start trying hard but not quite getting results, they best not jump on the players' back straight away because that just underestimates what we've said so many times and it'll be a big hole for people to target on Twitter and all that social media because they've tried it already and they haven't managed to do it because at the minute we're pretty strong turtle shell around the club. We are all one together because we're winning and I just don't want that kind of bubble to break in that point for next year. There's going to be some pressure. Of course there is. There's always going to be pressure in football, but we need to really rally in and keep as a one unit because if we start fracturing a little bit, people will target that and that's going to be a bit of a downfall potentially. But mm. yeah, I'm, you can't knock this season at all. You don't want it to end, but it is Champions League next year, which is absolutely madness to think about where we were last year. Yeah, I think what the club have done, just before I bring Gray in for another point, I think they've built a lot of trust. We now have a team, a leadership team, a hierarchy and an ownership that we can trust to do the right thing which is not something we've been able to say for the last 15, 16, 17 years under Mike Ashley yeah. and the back end of the previous ownership uh, before him. Like You can fully trust them to make the right decisions and the right calls, that they're going to, whatever they're doing is in the best interest for the club and not for their own personal interests like Mike Ashley. So I'm just incredibly excited. Obviously, Champions League opens up a whole new world of commercial income and it opens up our purses don't want to use that word war chest, but I think it allows us to now really push on and hopefully make some really uh, marquee signings with Champions League experience that we're going to need to push on, even if it's just for squad depth. Gray, what did you want to say? For me, I think there's a huge opportunity to actually just stake our claim as one of the better teams of the league and almost like add ourselves to that big six clubs now or do we call it big seven and now nah, Tottenham are shit now so are Chelsea <laughs> <laughs> that's true right but the vast majority of those teams I mean possibly all of them bar Arsenal are going through a bit of a sticky patch they were saying it's a transition period like you look at Man City the the rumors of some of their big names leaving at the end of the season you've got Man United who were in turmoil at the start of the season you've got Tottenham and Chelsea who are all over the shop at the minute so I'm super excited for next year I mean we will be playing a hell of a lot more football once we're playing on a Wednesday night under the lights which is super exciting but if we recruit well and we we get the squad depth which we desperately need and like you say a couple of marquee signings it's going to be hugely exciting to see where we could go next year and hopefully be up there again like trying to not to get too carried away but I also fully expect the club to come out with a statement, possibly early season, to try and manage some expectation and say, look, we are ahead of schedule. Like, if this season doesn't go as well as last season, please just be patient. We will get there. 
But I think this statement will be made for transfers and whether we are going to be going for it or not, we will finally see how deep our pockets are, I think, hopefully this summer. Mm, I think that's bullshit. I'm fully expecting us now to go on and win the Champions League and I won't accept anything, <laughs> anything less than that. Yeah, it's mental to even be talking about this. The position we were in 18 months ago, isn't it? Hodgy, do you have a final point before we move on? It's just a kind of a quick one, really. It's a, I suppose it's, it's half a question and half a point in itself. But with the extra games, is it right to throw a competition, throw the Carabao Cup and not bother at that time? Of you the mean year? as in exit it early? Exit as early as you can and save potentially five games so that mm. we're potentially fresher and concentrate potentially on Europe. I don't know if it's a question for now or if it's a question for us to answer maybe at the at the start of season and, and see who we have in terms of who we've recruited, but it's just an interesting point to ponder, I would suppose. You've got to think in that, in inverted commas, elite club mentality, don't you? Like Man City seem to manage it quite well. They're on for, as I say, they're on for the treble. But there's nothing to win from it. You know what I mean? Doesn't, it doesn't get you like any further. What do you mean? They're, they're going to win the prem. They're yeah, going to win the silverware. Yeah, yeah it's, it's silverware, but it's not like a it's not like a thing that will guarantee a Champions League football again next year and have a real good crack at it. You know what I mean? It's it's something just. I guess it depends where your focus is or where you're better suited to to winning. That yeah, that tournament for me is less worthy than the Premier League and the FA Cup and any. European. I, I'm arguing with you, but I do fully get your point. If we look at what's happened to West Ham this year or last year, maybe I don't know where they are down in the doldrums that's ultimately due to the congestion of fixtures that they've got to play and and not having the squad depth so I guess to Gray's point it's about really focusing on that squad and I look forward to doing our keep loan sell at the end of this season I think it could be very different to last season might make it a lot easier for people like (laughs) Jeff Hendrick uh, Isaac Hayden uh, (laughs) the Jamal LaSalle's of the world can't imagine them on a cold, rainy night in Barcelona. (laughs) Uh, Great. Have you got a super quick point? Yeah, I think Eddie Howe's answered that question last night. And I think he said as as good as getting into the Champions League is, he's just desperate to win silverware at the club. So I think to Haji's point about should we throw a competition, I think Eddie Howe has other ideas. It's been, was it 70 years since we've won a domestic trophy? So it's long overdue. In my eyes, so let's go for it. <laughs> Come on, man. It's more of a plate, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> can I really believe anything Hodgie says anyway, because he bets against his own team. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I'm realistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cynic, I think that's called Hodge. Uh, right, you can find our podcast on all major podcasting platforms. Acast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts would appreciate it if you could give us a follow and a five-star rating or review if you're feeling super generous. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at TOTT Podcast, on Instagram at TOTT underscore podcast, and on Facebook and YouTube uh, by searching for Talk of the Tune Podcast. Right, see you in a minute. Talk about Chelsea. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app, at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. 
If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. All right, and we are back. And I guess having a mid-roll advert at about 30 minutes in isn't the best idea, but we still have a few things to cover off, namely our final match of the season. So I think it's on Sunday, final day. It's going to be quite an exciting one. Thankfully, not exciting for us. Really, the only option for us is to finish either third or fourth. Oh my God, the problems we face now. Um, <laughs> I think like the real excitement is going to be at the bottom of the table for those relegation spots, which always seems to be the case, actually. The league was wrapped up fairly early. Uh, in terms of our final game, we usually have a good day away at Stamford Bridge. Looking back at some of those FA Cup games, Schola winning the game for us. Who can forget? Papas Cisse's wonderful outside of the boot goal a few years back, along living in the memories. Bit of a funny one. They've obviously had a bit of a torrid season, Chelsea, spending, I think, half a billion quid or something, or, or near enough that amount in January. It's not really clicked for them. We obviously beat them 1-0 in the home fixture. Joe Willett getting that goal after Miggy's good work on that right-hand side. <sighs> How do we think this one's going to go? And we'll go to Gray first. Like you, you mentioned a few of the, the high moments against Chelsea, but there's certainly been a few low ones of late. And yeah, Kai Havitz just seems to be a little prickly, always seems to score against us, doesn't he? But <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, feeling confident. I think it's hard not to, given current form and just riding the wave that is this season. Although I think it will depend on how sore some of the players' heads are, because apparently they're out tonight in Osborne's. Yeah, did you spot them, Hodge? Yeah, they're uh... Two pound Tuesdays on uh, Osborne Road for the for the boys. <laughs> Champions League qualification. Two pound Amstel. Get in. Hey, we know how to treat our players, don't we? <laughs> I hope that's uh, like Merdad or Amanda putting some money behind the bar for them. Uh, so, Gray, you think it's going to be potential for excitement? But obviously, depends on what state the players are in. I think obviously you made a joke, but I think we're obviously with Joe Willock out, Joe Linton out. We are down to the bare bones squad now obviously a good time for it to happen given that it's just about to be off season and that we've got things wrapped up. Uh, Hodge, are you anticipating any changes to the team against Chelsea? Probably start a couple of younger lads. I'd probably see what I say, um, Miley, probably get a little Lewis go. Miley, yeah. Look, we've got, like you say, nothing to play for. We may as well have a, maybe a little bit of an experiment. It, it doesn't really matter too much now. Like you say, it's a difference between third and fourth. Just have a little bit of a play, have a little bit of a go. It's Frank Lampard, he can't do much else, can he, to be fair? We'll probably play our under-18s and we might be able to get at least a draw out <laughs> of a Chelsea team that's working at the minute. So, confident, yes, if we play a normal team, but I'll be happy to give a chance to some younger blokes and get them some Premier League experience. I'll probably see Elliot Anderson maybe start again. That'd be I'd quite like good. to see him start, yeah, give him some minutes, definitely. Right, we'll do score predictions now. But then I've got a, not a controversial question, but a question I'd like you both to answer before we go to a summary of what we've got coming up over the uh, summer break. So predictions, Hodgie, what do you think the score is going to be? Newcastle away at Chelsea on Sunday. Since like, it doesn't matter, we might play something a little bit different. I think a 1-1 might be quite fair for that game, I think. 
Google's given us a 40% chance of winning and Chelsea 33%. Get on you, Google. Uh, Gray, what do you think the score is going to be on Sunday? I'm still gunning for Callum Wilson to get his hat-trick. She thoroughly deserves his season, so it's going to be at least three goals for us. I'll say 3-1. 3-1 to Newcastle. And I'm going to go 2-1 Newcastle. And we'll need to go and place those bets right now. I've only just realised that was our first clean sheet in a while, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, it is. I just thought about that. Bloody hell. (laughs) Yeah, if there's... (laughs) It's either there's goals and there's goals for both sides or no one's getting any goals. (laughs) (laughs) Right, we'll go and place those bets now. So I'm going 2-1. Gray, you're going 3-1. And Hodge, you went 1-1. There you go. Right, we'll see if we can win ourselves a little bit of money for the end of this season, like get some pints for the end of season TOTT party that Gray's hosting. Thanks, Gray. doesn't know anything about it, but he is. So thanks for your, for your charity. It's, it's, it's happening on Sunday. You're not coming. You bastards. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking bastards. <laughs> right. My, my question before we wrap things up, do we think Alan St. Maximin has played his last home game for Newcastle United at St. James's Park Grey. No. Oh. Would you like to expand on that like most good podcast hosts? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, of course. Uh, Yeah, I think we're going to need him next year. We mentioned about squad depth and I think we are blessed with the options we've got on the wing. So, yeah, I think he, for one, said a few years ago, you want to Champions League football. And he's waited so long. He's been through the worst of it. So I think it's only fair that we keep hold of him and give him a chance to play Champions League football in a black and white shirt. And I think the fans would love to see it as well next mm. year. Obviously, the player's got a big shout in it. Hodge, what are your thoughts on on Maxi and his future at Newcastle United? It's a very tough one. And it's just going to be down to kind of, I suppose, player recruitment. If he does go... I can't see them letting him go first before we like get someone in. I reckon it'll be the other way around. It'll be someone in and maybe he's Maxi out. But Just remember the question. It's do you think he's played his last game? We're quite stacked on that left-hand side and we need that, I think, moving forward. So I'm going to say no as well. I think he will be a Newcastle player next season at some point. I think you guys are you're both such emotional lads. I think you're conflating do you hope and do you think... I think we may well have seen him play his last game. He's been a very bit part player this year. He's had his injuries, but he's also been fit for large portions of the season. I'm not sure he's Eddie Howe's type of player. And you've got to consider we've brought Anthony Gordon in on that left-hand side, who I think is someone that Howe has asked specifically for. Mm. Got nothing against Maxi. As I say, he's been a shining light in some very dark times under previous management, previous ownership, and he's made a lot of us very happy. Sounds very sexual, doesn't it? But <laughs> I think he's probably had his head turned and he won't be the kind of player that wants to sit around and play a bit part role in this team. He really wants to be the main man, is the impression I get, which is a shame because he obviously loves the city and he loves the fans and we love him. But if I'm thinking realistically, I think he could be out the door. But obviously, we'd love to hear your thoughts at home. If you're listening to this, we'd love to hear your thoughts. So let us know if you think Maxi's played his last game. I'll put a Twitter poll or something on because I'll love a Twitter poll. Right, that pretty much wraps us up for this episode. As I say, after 20 years, Newcastle United are back in the Champions League. I'm not going to say where we belong because let's not get ideas above our fucking stations. Like, uh, we've got one game to go in the season. We've got Chelsea coming up on the final day. Let's hopefully go out with a bang, a positive bang, 
and bag ourselves third place in the Premiership, which will be the, the icing on the cake of what has been a fantastic season. The season may stop for Newcastle United, but doesn't stop for TOTT podcast. Like what I did there. Thank you. Uh, we do have a few podcasts planned, but after we've finished up, after our Chelsea post-game review, so this kind of things you can be looking forward to. We've got an end of seasons award, as we've talked about. Again, that'll require a lot of social engagement. We've got a keep, learn and sell that was very popular from last year. We're going through the squad, seeing who would keep, learn and sell. Hodgie's absolutely dying to do an NUFC pub quiz. I think that'll be quite fun for you guys at home. And we've got a few more ideas that we want to keep up our sleeve until then. So yes, hopefully we've got you covered over the summer months. But that just about wraps us up for this episode. Thank you all very much for listening. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye bye. I've got to get my passport renewed. Bastard. Bless you. Leave that in, please. Yeah. <laughs> the Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.